Welcome into the Esports Network podcast, talking, of course, about esports across the globe and really honoring the people who work in the industry, kind of recognizing what they do and, and, and making sure that people are, are validated in, in their work. And so here to help me do that today, let's welcome in the CEO of the Esports Awards, the premier Esports Awards, of course, Michael Ashford, who we'll be referring to as Mike from now on because it's an easy, simple, good old name. Mike, how are you doing this morning? I am very good. Thank you, Kevin. Super excited to be on today. You mentioned it in the start. We're about validation. We're about sort of um, celebration in this industry. And I think uh, we're in a pretty good place to do that. So excited to be talking with you today. For sure. And of course, if you don't know who Michael Ashford is, I don't know what to tell you. He's been CEO for, for a good, what, six months now or so? I guess, or has it been longer than that? I, I always forget with these. these. Uh, it was January this year, but so, I sort of, um, I kept it under wraps until last month. I was sort of fixated and focused on work. So I wanted to just try and get through those things. And then one day, um, John Davidson was like, I'm putting out some content and you make a pretty big announcement in it. You should probably um, strategize around that. It's like, yeah, it's probably a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a great time. Apparently eight months strong now. You're kind of uh, taking the reins now in a, in a, in an interesting time, we'll say. We'll get into that a little bit later. But for now, in case you don't know, for whatever reason, you don't know what the esports awards are. You've been living under a rock for the longest time. Uh, esports awards, obviously award ceremonies, kind of celebrating, like you said, people in the industry from content creators to streamers to personalities, teams, uh, the games themselves. It's, a, it's it runs the gamut really in terms of what you guys really kind of uh, recognize and celebrate and build up on the big stage or the, the virtual stage, if we will right yeah, absolutely. I think um, one of the key things over the last few years we've strived towards is to be all-encompassing and to span the industry. We, um, we're, we're very privileged that a lot of the people that work for us are gamers first and have came from sort of an esports-based background. So we all had our own ideologies and sort of best-case scenarios of what we wanted to honor and represent in the awards. And that's allowed us to sort of shape the offering so that you, you, you basically get to tell the story of esports through the esports awards, right? We have mm -hmm. our community awards which is sort of fan focused and fan first you have our industry awards which is all of those that are the backbone that allow the industry to actually exist and to thrive in the way it has you have our pro awards which are obviously those that are playing and actually deciding these matches going down in legacy our on-air talent awards which are those that are bringing the action right they're the voices we all know the iconic mm -hmm. moments everything we sort of remember from a big play is basically immortalized by those who called it and then you also have the creative awards now which are those that uh, basically engage us and bring it all together they tell the stories they show how things work they create engaging visual packages and all these really cool things that i think we're now industry leading in no for sure i mean you think esports awards you think it's up there with traditional awards ceremonies like the oscars the grammys the golden globes you know the, the whole kind of the big tier recognition for people like me you know I, I work in the industry too i always pay attention to who's kind of winning these awards and esports awards is where i go to kind of realize who is kind of uh, you know the the top dog in this category of of, of, of work for uh, you know for all of us but let's talk about you a little bit mike obviously you're a young guy like myself we're both young folks we both grew up playing video games but specifically what role did gaming have in your household growing up 
Yeah, I mean, it was huge. I think, um, I don't know, our generation really sort of got into it in a big way. There were so many things that sort of prefaced um, gaming becoming this mainstream thing. And then all of a sudden you could have a console in your house and that sort of changed it. So I'm um, I'm one of three brothers. Uh, I have a, a younger brother and an older brother. And we basically all grew up um, deciding who was the best at each title as they came out effectively. So um, well, one probably uh, not a lot of people know, but both my brothers also work with me here at the Esports Awards oh, wow. now as well is yeah it's super exciting so uh, my older brother chris is our creative director and is responsible for a lot of the really cool content and things we get to do our spotlight shows a lot of the branding and theming had a good decent hand in our rebrand this year which is super exciting and then we have my younger brother alex who is basically sort of our social media manager and is responsible for some of the trolling that goes on <laughs> on our social media pages but also a lot of the, the really cool and intricate stories that we uh, we try and interweave in between um, memes and reactions effectively on that side so um yeah we all we all grew up as avid gamers effectively and um probably going back uh, my first console would have been a snes um, oh, at that man. point and yeah yeah great console great console and um i, I remember we had one controller and one day we got oh, a second no. controller changed everything <laughs> absolutely changed everything until uh, my older brother started unplugging my controller so i just thought i was playing right but we've all we've all had that story growing up and um i think it was a huge huge part and i guess um it, it really opened the eyes that this competition means something in the moment and um golden eye was the big one oh, yes. On yes, yes nintendo yes. 64 it sort of um was a game changer right because it had the really good story mode Mm-hmm. and you could follow all the different missions and jump off dams and things like that but it also had a really good multiplayer that was like infamous in our household because we had i don't know every system you could to try and rig up four controllers and go split screen and it became this huge thing we used to have this massive vendetta against the golden gun being a one tap oh yes um, and you'd spend so long trying to find the thing and then one tap each other with it it's just like that and that, that and our jobs hat right mm. they were the uh, big things but it's like the competition was taken so seriously and we'd all come up with different strategies and ways of playing it that i think then stood us on the course that this would always be something that came together but i think at that point gaming wasn't cool um it was something you almost had to hide um when you went to school college university it was sort of not as well celebrated at that point so you're sort of you, you enjoyed it everyone else enjoyed it but no one sort of talked about that enjoyment in between and i was i was definitely that kid who was sat with a game boy on the school bus playing pokemon um and being um, bullied for it relentlessly if i'm being honest but i oh, loved no. it i was fascinated i was fixated i'd have the handheld i'd have the console at home and then uh, that, that that became a recurring theme for us we, we we played sports we got out and about but it would always be something that we'd um we'd have and i guess um it all became more serious when we went towards pc games because suddenly you had an internet connection and it wasn't just you playing GoldenEye against your brothers. You were now playing against players from wherever in the world with um, ping effectively being the end, the factor that would uh, t- decide who you could play against. But uh, my younger brother and I played a lot of RuneScape, um, which we had a community, a clan, and um, we'd face other clans. And again, that competitive edge would come in. And then uh, when we quit that, I sort of got out of gaming a little bit for a few years. Um, focused on my studies focused on sports uh, but my younger brother stayed in and he got into a, a beta for a game called league of legends oh, yes. and became a, a small title over in america has done a, a couple of things won a couple of my uh, awards on that side yeah pretty indie and, d- yeah. company right <laughs> exactly that and um that, that's what opened my eyes to esports overall because i'd sort of grown up with all these things of competitive gaming loving it but also wanting to hide from it a little bit and shy away because it wasn't seen as such a cool thing 
thing. There was a little bit of stigma around it. You were going through, is it healthy to game effectively? Should we be having screen time? And then um, as soon as he got into League of Legends, he sort of showcased, I think it was um, maybe the season three Worlds and the mm -hmm. first time SKTT won, won a million dollars in a final. And that was the point where I was like, this is huge. Like, I want a career in gaming and esports. It just has to be viable. And then from there, it was looking for opportunities and inroads to get in. No, for sure. I mean, that that uh, that million dollar final was definitely something that it's etched into the mind of esports fans around the, around the globe. And so uh, it's funny to me that you, you brought your brothers are, are, are working with you. It's really more almost like a family organization for, for you, right? Is it kind of just a very personal thing to, to be able to work with your brothers alongside them in this thing that you all grew up enjoying and playing with, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's a really cool thing um, to be able to do, and I guess so. Sometimes we can definitely take it for granted. We have um, sibling rivalry, sibling arguments, and those things that you probably wouldn't get in another workplace. But it's uh, it's a pretty special place come end of year when you sort of take in how far things grow, and we certainly push each other on to try and keep achieving and doing things. And um, I remember way back in 2016, off the back of the first awards, it was uh, only myself, and I was really having to say like, um, this this thing's real. This is really exciting saying like um it's going to be huge for the industry uh, and getting them involved in that journey and they were sort of following my career at that point and hearing the stories across like a dinner table at christmas <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like i need more people around me that get this and that have that sort of intrinsic i grew up gaming i follow everything i understand it um knowledge to them to come in and sort of help shape some of the elements that i wanted to achieve in the company Right. So obviously they have different rules aside from yours. You're, you're pretty much what they would call the, the big boss, which I'm sure no resentment from brothers there, right? No, no, nothing too big there. Nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> but your role kind of provides a different perspective on things than, the, than your brother's roles, uh, you know, kind of provide them. You've worked with different clients across the years, but really what has your experience been like in working with clients and, and, and in esports and how does it impact your view on things like marketability and, and kind of focusing on partnership brands and, and just things of that nature that really we, we take for granted now in esports? Yeah, I think it's um, it's incredible and it's been a really cool journey because we, we started doing this before there was franchising, before Overwatch existed effectively. And that was a very different time in esports, right? It wasn't this huge marketing beast where every major sponsor is trying to find their way into it. It was a time when no one really understood it. There was no rule book, there was no playbook, and it was very different to understand. So you had these sort of these huge brands at the time that had been staples for so long, uh, but there was still Still a lot of identity to build and i think um 2018 when you you sort of had these franchises coming to exist you had the overwatch league coming together it was this super exciting time for everyone but it was also a time of bedding in for the global audience because suddenly they had hundreds of teams coming out of nowhere that all had huge budgets behind them but no brand identity they had no way of really sort of engaging or standing for something uh, which was a pretty confusing time and i think fast forwarding to 2021 brands have now found what they want to represent and they understand that doesn't always have to be just this huge winning pedigree um, of I want to win every single tournament it's actually whilst competing for trophies and competing in tournaments week in week out I want to stand for all these different things um, whether it's sustainability in the case of FlyQuest where they really want to focus on well how do we create a better planet alongside having this really cool team in esports uh, which has been a really cool place to be 
And you're seeing that happen across the board now where teams want to stand for something and have an identity. And I think um, we, we've got to see a lot of that, but we're also one step detached because we don't compete with anyone. Um, and effectively, we just want to celebrate and make everyone look like rock stars within the industry every time they do something really cool. So we sort of, we, we get to work with those teams, we get to represent them, we get to sort of honor them effectively mm-hmm. is probably the easiest way of putting it. And along that way, we, we ourselves have got to work with some of the biggest brands in the world. And I think we're really be a launch pad for a lot of them as they've came into esports because we, we started as a small uk-based brand we mm-hmm. worked with a lot of uk-based sponsors and then have sort of grown from there and sort of resonated globally uh, and really been the the first point for a lot of these brands coming in Le- lexus is always going to be the big big example they came in in 2019 and did a really cool proof of concept with us and um, we got to do some really cool stuff with their cars we had the car from men in black four yes. we had the car from the black <laughs> panther film in our ceremony and um, with our hosts interacting and doing a lot of stuff with it fast forward to the pandemic and um, we built this really cool cgi spectacle which was innovative it was built in the unreal engine and basically turned the esports awards into a living breathing game um, within this sort of digital studio which was really cool and lexus really bought into technological innovation and came in as our title sponsor and it's been really cool to see them off the back of the trust they put into us and the results we've delivered go out into the industry and do more they've actually built a lexus gamer car uh, which is really really cool that they built alongside twitch Um, and now they're obviously one of the key sponsors of 100 thieves as well Mm -hmm. sort of shown that the trust they had in us and the results we've delivered has now led to them being able to do so much more in the industry and really become a key key name and a household name within esports gaming so super excited so i guess um there's a lot of pride for us in what we've managed to achieve with sponsors and partners to date and i guess we just uh we want to keep telling those stories and building a really cool platform no i mean you're doing a great job of it so far and obviously you have experience outside of esports industries before you came on i guess you came on as the managing and then later or marketing director right for esports or esports awards and you kind of moved into the ceo role uh you know a while ago and and so what was an important lesson you kind of had to figure out before you moved into esports awards even before you moved into the ceo role what was a lesson you're like man looking back on this this was a really important thing i had to learn and i'm glad now that i, I had that kind of skill set yeah i think that's a really good question i guess I've, I've said it a few times but i think making this matter year round uh, was the the pivotal point in the awards because as i mentioned we were here before franchising I, I would say we were here before the money and we were doing this for the right reason which means it was uh, it was a tough um come up to being an award show in esports and really wanting to do this at the level that esports deserved even at that stage um overall so for me it was really sort of understanding when when you build something like this how do you make it resonate and matter for long enough that you can actually create um a system that will attract some of those major sponsors and um in 2016 when the curtain closed we um we all patted each other on the back but then it was well the lights can't go out until this time next next year because how do we know anyone will actually tune in and watch it how do we know it matters Uh, and for me obviously in a marketing based role it was all around well how do we tell the story how do we get people entranced how do we make sure that we're documenting all of these huge events that are happening year on year the 
won't mean as much now and you won't realize but when you come back to look on it shaped our industry into what it will be in the future um so it became we need to create more content we need to be able to have this campaign that launches alongside the start of the season and then tells a story as we go throughout it so it was creating more content minutes building out our spotlight shows and i think giving fans and also the community a way to interact and show their support via the voting mechanisms and all these elements so i think that was a huge key is understanding how do you create this content and tell these stories without creating fatigue um, around the awards platform and premise and really build something out that, that matters and i think um that that's been sort of a five or six year mission that we're just starting to i think really get to grips with now and do some really cool stuff with you know for sure and so obviously it, it's uh it's not a traditional role, right? You would say, is, is it really kind of a, a job application you fill out? Like, you know what? I want to be the managing director of esports awards. Let me just follow out this job application, send it away, and they'll, they'll call me up later, right? I mean, how did you end up getting into the awards and then really becoming the CEO? Was it, was it more of an intricate kind of dance you had to go through to, to kind of become who you are in the, in the, in the company today? It's a, it's a fairy tale story, Ken. It's a fairy tale story. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for Hollywood to give me a call around it, right? Let's see uh, where we're going. Um, yeah, I guess um, there's, there's no vocation that prepares you for it, but I've always been a big fan of bringing skills into esports from other backgrounds because we are such a, a young industry and there's a lot of really, really good people out there who may not be esports first, but have some awesome, awesome ways of bringing skills into it. So I, I was lucky that hopefully I, I've been able to do both, right? Um, I came in from marketing, um, so I had a first-class honours degree in marketing. I had a um, certification from the Chartered Institute of Marketing for the highest mark in a marketing degree at that point, and I'd worked at a number of sort of blue-chip companies, um, helping them to grow, create presence, tell the story of their brand, and really come into this. At the same time, I was a gamer growing up. I played all these titles. I was fluent in them. I understood them. And then um, I guess other things include uh, we, we watched a lot of sort of WWF, now WWE programming. Um, um, so we got to see how, how do they create entertainment, right? Because mm. they're um, by their own uh, means, sports entertainment. They don't claim to be a professional sport. Uh, but what they do do is create all these packages that tell a story that engross an audience and engage an audience into watching all, all of the outcomes throughout a year. And that's something that I took very seriously is how, how do you do that? And how do you build all these things that matter and resonate? And, and even looking forward to that, like um, the fact they had a Hall of Fame and they mm -hmm. were bringing all these guys that had built the industry in professional wrestling um, into a Hall of Fame. And I was like, these are all the anecdotes and things that esports is going to need um, that will matter at year in, year out going forward. So I, I guess for me, it was sort of, I was looking for my role in esports and gaming from a blue chip background um, and sort of seeing what would matter, but not wanting to go down the traditional approach of trying to start a team or trying to get in a team that was already there. I wanted to see if there was a way that we could build something that would have a foundation and a footprint that hadn't been done before in esports and gaming or wasn't being done very well so that we could have that we built this, it resonates and it's here because of us type vibe to it so that I could add that value to the industry. So I had a, um, a chance encounter with our previous CEO and now a board member in Tom Mercy in London. Mm. We spoke around the concept and the idea for it and I fell in love from there. So I guess for, for me at that stage, there was a lot of innate value I could add because at that point it wasn't going to be live streamed. It wasn't going to be on Twitch. So it was working through making sure that it was broadcast and then building out sort of like a social engagement engagement strategy, building out the, the core feel and vibe of it. 
And then 2017 was really building a lot of the technology that powers it around the voting system, the process, the panel system and all those elements to make sure that it all worked out. And I'd say from there, it wasn't a case of trying to facilitate a job role. It was building my career mm -hmm. to best manage the esports awards. And it's the first time I've ever done it in a uh, in a role is that I've always had this career path and these like hurdles that I want to jump through to be able to go up the ladder um but this was the first time i said right instead of me trying to look at what i'm going to develop and learn in order to further myself it's what can i develop and improve on to further the company what are the elements that i can get better at to grow the company to make it more sustainable to reduce risk and all these elements and um i, I guess that's why i've got to where i am is because i just tried to make myself the, the best i could be for the company as cheesy as that sounds it was i was in a marketing background but suddenly it's i need to learn production i need to learn direction i need to learn how to produce a show from start to finish but now it's also i need to learn how to best sell this because we've got a very valuable platform um, that can provide incredible roi sponsors so i just need to learn how to pitch it to them um, and then it's i need to learn how to budget i need to learn how to do cash flow i need to be able to do risk analysis so we stay in business year on year and it was like every single facet that i took on and tried to optimize and um, that got me to the point where i think i am at now and it's really been through i think necessity as we've grown i've taken on a lot of the hats because um as you grow as a business there's more to do there's more to encounter there's more to sort of build on it's just been each and every one of those things that have sort of driven me to say how can i solve a problem and it was like it, it literally last year couldn't be a better example for it because we got pretty hard hit pretty hard on the sponsorship side we knew we weren't going to get any hospitality in a room by about july last year wow. um so a lot of the revenues that we'd usually be able to rely on to put this thing on didn't exist which meant that we had to we, we had to sort of cost cut a little bit on our side but we also want to achieve everything we set out to achieve we never want to shortchange the industry right mm -hmm. just because this stuff's going on doesn't mean that we shouldn't be trying our best to create this incredible experience for all of our finalists and winners so as i mentioned we sort of created this unreal engine led cgi approach um overall which meant that we we're all learning how to work in this software we're all learning how to sort of like build in cgi and create these cool stages and atmospherics that would create a more engaging show to spur on the uh, esports awards and i think like uh, one night we had most of our team sat there in like after effects and prem pro like um building out and editing all of the different show clips and doing like um audio clips and masks and trash masks bring it into cgi and stuff and i was like this is crazy that you've got all of these different people from all of these different roles not one of them is an editor a cgi editor uh, an after effects editor yet we're all sort of pushed on at this mission it was like three 4 a.m in the morning and it's like we're all focused on this one common cause and i think like that's the main thing was like adaptability was building out what can push us forward effectively no i mean you guys pulled it off beautifully i think the 2020 edition of the, of the awards is definitely one to to remember i'm sure for you as well and it's, it's kind of a different change of pace in terms of live events and moving on to a, a more virtual production is kind of a different beast so uh, you spent about what you spent five-ish years now with the company uh what has been i guess your most memorable moment so far i mean has it been taking the event internet international has it been you know the first one or maybe the second one something that happened you were like that's etched into my memory forever and I'll, I'll never forget this ever happening in this in this uh this esports award i, th I think uh, it's a cop-out answer but it was moving to arlington 
It was um, such an exciting time for the brand. And it came off a lot of uncertainty around our position Mm -hmm. in the market because 2018, we really understood that this was a global proposition, um, but we were very much in the UK, right? We, We resonated from London, Everything we did time zone wise was based on sort of London and GMT and BST and really sort of building this out from there and really trying to persuade all of these influencers to fly 12 hours over to the UK, which a lot of them did. But we also understood we'd had three years in the same venue. Um, it was a lot of travel. It was a lot of commitment during the season. And uh, what was it going to sort of emanate and resonate in the way that we wanted it to long term? Um, and, and we also understood that America was our biggest audience. We had more fans there. We had more voters there and i think it had always been this thing that like this would be huge in the states and um via a mutual connection in kim Meltzer, we got paired up with the esports stadium in arlington texas and said this is a venue that would be befitting of an award show at the scale that we want to produce and then um, we got flown out to arlington texas and it was just like this honestly like a fairy tale of going out there seeing the stadium going to the at&t and really just seeing what i call like the the biggest theme park for adults Mm -hmm. that you could go to in arlington texas and just being able to understand we could do something really really impressive with our show in this venue and then um, we, we, we didn't sign the paperwork for arlington i think until june or july of 2019 and then we had like four or five months to plan ida conceptualize and deliver a full sort of esports awards program on weekend off the back of it and it was just one of the most turbulent but exciting times in my life and i think as soon as you saw it all come together on the night and you heard the theme song kick in you realized it was all worth it Uh, and that was coming off working like 20 hours a day every day for around two or three months trying to sell enough sponsorship that we could afford to keep the lights on and pay the bills around the um, the stadium. There's a lot of lights there. It's very impressive. And um, also trying to create an event that would really, really pay homage to what we were trying to achieve long-term. No, I mean, it's it's beautifully done too. I might, I might add. I've seen the videos, I've seen the photos you guys had uh, once the, the, the mock-ups were all done and everything. I was like, man, this is, I can't wait to go to this. And then all of a sudden, my, I, had like, I, I told you in, in the pre-little interview meeting we had, it was just like, oh, uh, the wife had some issues going and I couldn't go. And I was like, dang it, I missed out. And then the pandemic had just kind of ruined my my perception of going in to witness a live <laughs> eSport award. But hopefully soon we can we can uh, meet up again and, and kind of have that happen in, in, uh, in live and in person, you know, forbidding the the COVID variants that are running rampant recurrently in, in, in Texas. And hopefully the spikes come down. We can talk about that a little bit later. But um, I guess my, my kind of penultimate question for you is, is uh, based on your experience and based on what you've already done with eSports awards, for people on the outside looking in, would you say it's, it's a lot of overlap between what a traditional you know sports and entertainment company does versus what an esports and entertainment company does? I guess there's a lot to be drawn on. I guess one of the biggest things I say is we should never shy away from the comparisons to sport mm-hmm. because sport is doing very, very well overall and is one of the biggest entertainment verticals on the planet and esports shows a lot of resemblance to it but obviously it's in its own very specific way and the one thing that's really cool about sports is that it's had to make a lot of mistakes over the years that now esports can avoid because sports has already laid those foundations so i'm I'm always sort of saying like let's let's learn from sports let's learn what went really well it's sponsorship media fan engagement strategies like that Uh, but let's also understand what 
could could we do better where could we innovate and that's where things like ott broadcasting mm. have accelerated esports and gaming to its own division effectively from a rev gen perspective and from an industry perspective with things like the fortnite world cup in 2019 really being that sort of pay attention moment for i think everyone globally in the world um of hey this thing matters it's here to stay and it's going to do something really really cool all right and, and i guess uh my, I'll, I'll, I'll call this one the penultimate question. This is going to be pretty quick. Uh, are you guys still kind of in a holding pattern for what the plan is for, I guess, this year's edition of the awards? Is it, is, I know in person and, and virtual is still kind of going back and forth for a lot of people, but have you guys decided on an official kind of stance yet, or are you still kind of just holding and, and waiting to see what happens? I think on our side, we're pretty committed to taking this forward mm -hmm. um, at the eSports Stadium in Arlington, Texas. So safeguarding is critical to what we do. It's an intimate award show. There's some very high-profile people there, uh, but we're all very confident that well, when we saw this coming last year, we started putting in factors and things that we could plan and create safety as a paramount experience of the awards. Uh, we, we knew we couldn't quite get there for 2020, and that's why we had to protect everyone, stay at home, and build out this remote broadcasting solution that meant we had a broadcast team in the uk in berlin in germany and also in arlington texas this year we've been able to put a lot of i think hopefully safeguarding future proofing and planning into what we do and there's really sort of a scaling solution that means that we can always be at the esports stadium in arlington texas and then it just depends on how many people can be alongside us to enjoy the event at the moment i'd say things are still looking very very positive the next few weeks will obviously be very telling for sure. For sure. We're still kind of in that little bit of a uphill spike right now, but hopefully, uh, you know, a lot of countries kind of experience the spike and then kind of dip back down a few weeks later. So hopefully, I mean, like I said, it's November 20th. So we're still a good, what, three ish months away from that, that real date happening for the awards. And so you still have a lot of time between here and I, then. I remember saying this exact same thing. Oh last my goodness. Year, Kevin. I'll be, I'll be honest. I don't want to deja vu. It's I don't knock want to jinx us, but we uh, we were here last year. We're like, there's three, there's three months. We should be okay. Right. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll never take anything for granted but hopefully if uh, the, the situation has improved from last year but i think we've also matured in our approach to dealing with it so that we can tackle it in the appropriate means and make sure that we give people the best event in the best possible circumstance for sure and so my my very very last question i promise you, this is it right here uh, what does the future of the esports words look like for you is it some kind of expansion is it going to be you know uh, rotating venues at some point soon is it going to be like an esports hall of fame that you guys kind of decide the ceremony and, and, and time and dates it'll take place what's kind of the future you have in mind for the next you know decade of esports awards i guess maybe not a decade i'll say like three or five years <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think there's a, there's a lot bubbling under the surface that we desperately want to be able to talk about, but we're probably still a couple of months of off being able to launch. It'll probably end up being at the Esports Awards 2021. We can reveal a lot of what we've been working on in the background and a lot of what we do. But I think, yeah, bu building on what we've done today is pretty huge for us now that we've got a bit more infrastructure to do so. So um, I guess we want to continue to be able to recognize and celebrate as many individuals and teams, brands, orgs in the industry as we can. I think we can do a little bit better uh, how we do it and really sort of how we build out some of these elements i'd love to do more standalone shows where you can really go into detail around it because we really focus on making sure every winner has their moment and they can give their speech talk around why it matters to them and what it means to them overall but we also have a lot of award categories given that we want to be able to recognize all the facets that bring esports to the mainstream and to everyone at home watching um so being able to do the esports creative awards as a standalone 
own thing would be pretty cool for us to be able to take on and a mission we'd love to achieve uh, we, we definitely want to do more in the collegiate scene that's something that mm. i feel we started last year we got a lot of feedback on how we could actually improve and refine what we're doing so we're working with some really cool people behind the scenes on that and i guess just uh continuing to to grow this out I've always said like one of the things that we can do that puts us in a really unique position is we can effectively become the festival of esports mm -hmm. that culminates with the curtain closing at the esports awards ceremony. So building more content around that, building more days that we can facilitate but don't necessarily need to own is pretty important. And uh, some some more things that I'll say watch this space too. I mean, I love it. I love it. I, I can't wait to see what you guys do. I know you, you have the imagination of, of, you know, running wild and with what the possibilities are. And I can't wait to see what you guys do. So esports awards, of course, November 20th, I believe, if I'm still right on that. Uh, you guys go to esportsawards.com, vote for your favorite, you know, nominees, whoever's, you know, in those categories. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't tell you my scorecard, but I know it's, it's actually filled to the brim on, on my favorites. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll post maybe closer to the 20th what my picks were. Um, uh, otherwise, other than that, you can follow Mike himself at Mike Ashford underscore ESA, I believe. Is that right? I think that's the one. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not the most active on socials these days. It gets me in trouble. Oh, 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 no. He's <laughs> probably tweeting the wrong soccer or football team out or something like that. That's all it is. But Mike, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show again, giving us your thoughts, your perspective on things. It's, it's been absolutely wonderful to have you on. And hopefully we can have you on again, maybe in the near future to talk about the next biggest venture for esports awards and what you guys have planned then. But for now, we wish you good luck. And I think, again, thank you for coming on. No problem. Thanks very much, Kevin. He's Mike Ashford, of course, CEO of Esports Awards. And I'm just Kevin Correa right here on the Esports Network podcast. Whoa.